G'day and welcome to Listener. I love doing this. I love meeting extraordinary people and sharing that experience with you. An adventure in sound. Marine pilot Hugh Ripley. Been at sea for 50 years. 23 of those navigating the ships through our channel at the Townsville Port. All up, he's circumnavigated the world twice. Some amazing adventures from China to Antarctica. Let's hear the captain's story. G'day, how are you? Unbelievably well. You know, I've actually climbed the Jacob's Ladder. Have you? That must have been a while ago because we can't let people climb ladders anymore now because of the all the security and what have you. So, mm, uh, You know, you're right, and I was a bit bloody scared doing it that time was years ago with uh, a little television show we had called Kids Army and yeah. uh, we went out with camera and all that sort of stuff and climbed that that ladder of yours, the ladder to heaven. I bet you've done it in some rough seas, Hugh. Yeah, look, I, um, not so bad here. Uh, I've been here 24 years or so, so the, the, the weather conditions here are pretty good compared to my first 12 years when I was working in New Zealand. It was... Uh, could be a lot rougher over there, and we were yes, we were climbing in some pretty bad uh, weather. Have you ever thought I'm not bloody climbing up there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate. Honestly, can you just tell us the job of a pilot? Okay, so we we um, um, have been licensed to provide a service to the uh, the vessels that arrive at the port. We have uh, gained our pilot's license through a, a thorough knowledge of the port. Uh, with all the little idiosyncrasies, the currents and the tides and you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, people say, well, why can't the master do it? Well, then the master can bring the ship into the uh, port limit or out of the port limit, but they just lack that extra amount of skill they were, that we required to bring it down our channel, which is very narrow, as you probably know. Indeed, and uh, you know every name of those little snubfin dolphins, hey? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Magnificent creatures they are. Hey, can you tell me your adventure in Antarctica? I was reading up on you, you know, 50 years at sea. What a wonderful number. Tell me about the research vessel. It was a ship called the Limblad Explorer, and she was the very first purpose-built expedition ship. Right, um, okay. It wasn't, she wasn't so much a cruise ship. She we, we used to do expeditions. So she was built by a gentleman by the name of Lars Eric Limblad, who was a uh, Swedish-American gentleman, and he had been taking uh, people down to the Antarctic on um, icebreakers from Chile and various places. He decided to build his own ship. It was only very small. It was only 70 metres long, and she had a shallow oh. draft, so we oh. could get into little little spots, you know. Yeah. And then the company I was with, Swires, bought her um, in Chile. She'd, she was still in the dry dock. She'd had sustained severe bottom hull damage. She'd run aground. And Swires, the company I worked for, border, and then ran her for about six or seven years. And in that time, I joined her and I did a year and a half on her. How wonderful. Did you go out of Ushuaia across the Drake? Yeah. Yes, yes. So that was the base for us, Ushuaia, down into the peninsula. It sounds like you've been down there. I have. I, I, it was one of the greatest journeys uh, I've ever yeah. done. I, uh, we went right over the line to as far as far down as you can from the peninsula yeah. down. Being a skipper, the knowledge of the sea, that, that part of the world must be extraordinary for you. It was. I wasn't actually master on this. Uh, there was a very experienced uh, Swedish master had been running down there for years, probably the best master I ever sailed with, and he was... a. Uh, so he was the master. I was I was second officer. I went up to chief officer for a while, but uh, 
so it wasn't just Antarctica. We did a lot of cruising into into um, like China, for instance. After oh. China started opening up after the end of the Cultural Revolution, she was one of the very first ships to take people back into China. A lot of mostly American passengers, and uh, that was a great experience too. You know, in the days of the Red Guard and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, no, that was a great experience. But Antarctica to me was the highlight. And I don't know if you got to South Georgia, but to me that was the most beautiful place I've been to. Can you tell me an adventure you've had at sea that uh, that that you can retell <laughs> that that might have uh, made you think of staying on land? Well, I suppose it wasn't much much an, uh, an adventure. It was a very scary night. We were uh, we were on the doing these one of these China cruises, and um, we'd sailed from Shanghai and we went back to Hong Kong, and we got caught in a, a typhoon in the <gasps> Taiwan Strait. Well, the Taiwan Strait's rough enough at the best of times, but throw in a typhoon, and it really was a very very uh, uh, scary, if I can use the word, uh, night. We um, we were trying to outrun it, and uh, because we had passengers to get to Hong Kong, yeah, no, it, it wasn't very pleasant. It's That's part, get, part yeah. of life at sea. Is life at sea something that um, you would suggest to 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 young people who who love the water? Absolutely, absolutely. It has it has changed a lot to get to where I am now. Uh, I mean, I signed um, an indenture as a 17-year-old, so that's oh, 10 wow. 50 years. So it was a real, you know, real old-fashioned proper indenture where I was bound to a company and I wasn't supposed to go and visit bars. Or it, was all, it was all written down as what I could and couldn't do and that sort of thing. And after the four years of completing my indentures, I ended up with a second officer's foreign going, so, uh, yeah, certificate, which, as I used to say, we used to say at the time, it was your passport to fame, then <laughs> it... Uh, it meant you can go out, and there were so many companies out there that you could join that wow. needed people like yourself. What a wonderful, wonderful adventure. What about a sextant? Can you use a sextant? Uh, I can't. Well, it's been a long time. I still have my sextant. And oh. that, trip, that tri- whole time on the Limblad, well, the, in fact, the whole time I was at sea, uh, it was in the days, that's how old I am, it was in the days before GPS and uh, satellite navigation was just coming in, but 90% of the ships I was on, uh, it was all by sextant. We used to use sextant and... Uh, one particular cruise, the cruise from Singapore to Ushuaia, which was 40-odd days, we did that whole thing all using sextants. So, yeah, it was a, I feel quite an achievement. I suppose things have changed yeah, with your computers. Yeah. They they do absolutely everything. What about the Yon Gala? What does that mean to you? It means a, a very good dive. I, uh, I've done a lot of diving on that Limblad Explorer. We carried um, about 20 sets of dive gear and we did a lot of diving up through Indonesia and Philippines, some wonderful diving. Um, when I got here, I continued it, and I really wanted to do a um, – well, I only had a, a basic scuba at that stage, mm. and I wanted to get an advance, so I did it through my ball. And we had a, a, a couple of dives on the Yongala, which was just amazing. There was um, whales around, and it was just absolutely perfect. It is one of the best dives in the world. I, I, yes. I, I love it myself. What does 50 years at sea mean to you, Hugh? Uh, <laughs> Well, it means that I've really enjoyed what I've done. You know, it's a lot, it's it's a job that I've from from day one. I mean, I've gone from being actually at sea as a seafarer. You know, I ended up as master on rig tenders to to a pilot. But it's, I'm still connected with the sea, so I haven't completely swallowed the anchor yet. And it's just been a really <laughs> good career path. I was, I really feel I'm very very lucky that I've uh, I did what I did. I nearly at the end of my first year of my apprenticeship, I nearly actually. Uh, walked away from it but uh, I went my father managed to persuade, persuade me to go back and uh, I haven't looked back ever since the ships coming into our great city what do you think's the future uh, for our Townsville port 
oh, look, you know, as you well know, there's the dredging campaign's about to start. So we get this channel a bit wider than what it is. We can start seeing the bigger cruise ships. Um, of course, that's all going to depend on the COVID, mm. the COVID thing. But I mean, this is all, it's, it's, it's going to pass, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get through this and, uh, and we start seeing these cruise ships back again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's to me the future, but you know, this channel, this channel dredging is very important for the poor. Mm. Have you ever swabbed the deck? Yes. <laughs> really? No, I have. As an apprentice, <laughs> my first year I was swabbing decks and I was cleaning brass and I was um, chipping paints and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they, they, we were taught everything from that <laughs> and everything in between. Captain Hugh, congratulations on your 50 years and uh, may you enjoy every moment on Mother Mother Ocean. Thank you very much. What do you do with a drunken sailor? Uh, I'd rather not say you lie. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Okay, thank you, Pricey. Captain Hugh Ripley and 50 Years at Sea, a ship's pilot in the port of Townsville. Thanks for joining us on Listener, an adventure in sound. Happy days.